when, in Romans chapter, I mean, not Romans 12, Romans chapter 1, Paul is writing to the church uh, at Rome, and he begins to send a greeting to them. And when, when I was reading that, I could hear Marshall and myself declaring this same greeting over you. So um, as a prayer, as we open, I'm just going to mention these things. He said, grace and peace to you from God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who doesn't need that? Right? right? Grace and peace to you from God, whoop, sorry, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he said, I thank my God for all of you often in my prayers. That is true. We thank God for you often in our prayers because of your faith, your trust in his power, his wisdom and goodness. And we long to see you so that we may share some spiritual endowment to strengthen and establish you. That is that we may be mutually encouraged and comforted and strengthened by each other's faith. Can we just say, let it be so tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So I love the word of God. I believe if you're coming to church on a Sunday night when it's 35 degrees outside, you probably love the word of God too. So we're in good company, right? So we're going to get into the word tonight. I'm going to minister something that I hope doesn't come out like stew, but it's something that I've been stewing on. I don't like stew. I like chili, but I don't like stew. Um, um, so I hope this doesn't come out like stew. If it does and you like stew, just add some cornbread and eat it, and it'll be fabulous, right? Hot cornbread with lots of butter. I won't even need the stew. Um, but, but this is something that God started stirring in me, and I haven't ministered it before. I haven't. Uh, it's been stewing. Uh, and so when I was praying about um, ministering to you, I felt that this is the this is the time. This is the place to bring this. And it started in me last summer, um, I think all of last year. Can I just be honest? 2020 and 2021 to me are one long year that I am very glad is done. It's 2022. Let's move forward. Right? So somewhere in that very long year, um, that was actually two years, uh, Pastor Marshall was ministering on Tuesday nights at home, and he started ministering, I think, at the beginning of 2021 on the Holy Spirit. And he, he literally did a master class from the Word of God on the Holy Spirit. And so this was sometime early summer. He opened up on a Tuesday night and he read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I would not have you ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. That's not a new teaching for you or for us, right? Now, I would not have you ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. And then he says, uh, the next verse says, you remember or you know that when you were Gentiles, you were led away, you followed dumb idols. And you were led, you were led that way. Well, when he read that, He's taught on this numerous times. I've read these verses many times, but this is what I heard when he read that. I heard, don't ignore the spiritual. It said, be not ignorant. I would not have you ignorant 
concerning spiritual gifts. And he made a big point that evening of talking about in our Bibles, uh, the word gifts, I would not have you ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. The word gifts is in italics because it was added by the translators to try to give us an understanding that in the literal Greek, it actually says, now I would not have you ignorant concerning the spiritual. And then he goes on in the chapter and talks about gifts that the Holy Spirit brings and that we operate and function with. I knew all that. But I heard, don't ignore the spiritual. So I just, I, I, I was stuck there for days. Don't ignore the spiritual. God, am I ignoring the spiritual? And then I started thinking again about all these things that we've endured together around the world. Don't ignore the spiritual. If you're honest, and you don't have to raise your hand and admit to anything, just be honest with yourself, particularly over the course of 2020 and 2021, we have all been daily solicited to be fully engaged with the natural. Fully engaged. I'm just going to speak for me personally. When when COVID-19 got here, um, I had an inkling beforehand that it was coming. Only a few weeks. I said to my team at home, we were in a meeting, Marshall and I were in a meeting, and I said, guys, there's a church in Singapore that has had to shut down. They can't meet. They can't open their church because of this virus. And everything has to go online. And I'm just telling you, you need to get ready to go online. And they all looked at me, including Marshall. They all looked at me like, oh, God. What are you watching? That's not going to happen. That was in early February. And March 12th, our governor shut the state down. And we did not meet as a church for three and a half months. And so Mondays, part of the... only, Only five people could be in the building at the same time. That's it. And since the New Mexico State Police sit in our parking lot, which we are very glad about truly we are very, we we take them things do you need do you need food do you need to come in and warm up do you need a bathroom do you need do you need to take a nap we're happy that you're here come anytime stay as long as you want to please and we are very sincere about that but they were also in charge of making sure that there weren't more than 5 cars in the parking lot of anywhere so we sort of had to comply and so only five of us could go in at, the, at one time. So five people from worship team went in and filmed worship. And then five of us came in from pastoral ministry and filmed the, filmed the Tuesday night teaching on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we filmed the next Sunday. And then on Wednesday, the governor held a press conference that went for two to three hours. That was my task. It was my responsibility to watch all of the press conferences because she changed the rules every week. And we weren't essential. And they were finding churches. And then on Thursdays, there was a White House faith-based conference call that I had to be on just so I could tell the rest of the executive team what the orders were for the next seven days. When you're tasked with that, you, you get very aware of numbers and rules and regulations and how much the fine is and who could go to jail and who will get you out. <laughs> who will go with you? It was really odd. None of those people that were saying, well, you shouldn't do that. You should never close the church down. Never 
stepped up and volunteered to go to jail right. <laughs> in our place. I don't look good in orange. <laughs> I wasn't really interested in that. But having to obey God, what's my point? My point is that we were all inundated. We were baptized into the natural world in a brand new way. And we were forced to be aware of things that we were not aware of before. Correct? And then it just went on and on and on. And so we were solicited every single day to become very aware of the natural world. We even learned new language, new terminology, and we were forced into this place, and it just continued and continued and continued. And then other things were added on top of that. And then we were separated and we were isolated and we couldn't see the people that we normally saw. And what what was happening to us is that we were becoming more and more and more aware of the natural world. And because it was so loud and so in our face and so boisterous and so 100% global, we began to ignore the spiritual. And what I began to feel was happening in our church, I pray it wasn't happening here, um, but I know that, it, that we all have this tendency is that we, for the most part, not 100%, but for the most part, we just sat down spiritually. And, and we went into waiting mode. We're just waiting for this to be over. And when this is over and things go back to normal, nobody even remembers what that was. But we're just waiting. And when, it, when, you know, when, the, when things get better out there, then, then we'll start. We'll come back to church and we'll, we'll dust off our Bibles and we'll try to remember some s- s- church songs and prayers. And, but... In the meantime, we're just hanging out at home, eating a lot, and wearing our sweats, and <laughs> binging Netflix. I mean, we started complaining. Oh, we've watched everything. There's nothing to watch. And in the middle of that, I heard in my spirit, don't ignore the spiritual. Don't ignore it. It's amazing when you start reading and you start looking for that word, don't be ignorant, don't ignore. When when Paul was writing to the churches, he talked to them about a lot of things that he did not want them to be ignorant of. And ignorant isn't, isn't an insult. He isn't calling us stupid. The word ignorant just means to not have the knowledge to not have the understanding, or to have a misunderstanding, or worse, to have a disinclination. And that's what I felt the Spirit of God was saying to me. Don't don't have a disinclination to the Spirit because you're waiting for the natural world to get it together. Don't, don't lean away from the things of the spirit, the spiritual. You see, once you and I are born again, we are spiritual creatures. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. And he, he's saying to us, spiritual, it, this is a big word. It's a rich word that's full of meaning and help. There's supply for us, but when he says don't ignore the spiritual, he's telling us this is non-carnal, not natural help. It's beyond. It's beyond the natural. So don't ignore the non-carnal help and get your eyes on waiting for the natural to get itself together. There's something of higher nature 
available to us. Amen. And he needs us to be employed in the releasing, the receiving and releasing of that which is non-carnal, not natural, but spiritual in nature. You're a spirit being. You are spirit, soul, and body. And the part of you that God contacts is your spirit. Primarily, God speaks to us, works with us in our spirit. We primarily work from our mind, our emotions, and our bodies. And, and that's why we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind so that we can come back to a place where we're being led, not by the natural world, but we're being led through life, in the everydayness of life. Yes, in the miraculous, but we need to broaden our understanding of what it means to not ignore the spiritual. I am very grateful for the heritage that I enjoy and you enjoy in this church. We enjoy a heritage of spiritual language and spiritual truth. We, we enjoy a, a heritage of the miraculous. We enjoy a heritage of those gifts of the Spirit that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 being operative in the body. But I am telling you and myself, all of us, that we need to broaden our understanding of the spiritual. Because it is much, much bigger than we are operating in. We are leaving far too much spiritual help on the table. And we're frustrated. We're ticked off. We're outraged. We're just downright mean. Didn't point my finger at anybody. That's what happens to us if we just live from the natural man. We just live like mere unchanged human beings when that's not who we are. We are changed human beings, and we're forever being changed. We're forever being transformed and conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. Amen. So we can't ignore the spiritual. We can't ignore this divine aid that God has sent to us. These endowments. Endowments. Spiritual endowments of life and life more abundantly that Jesus said would be made available to us when the Spirit of God was released to us on the day of Pentecost. In fact, that word spiritual is, is an after Pentecost word. In the Greek language, pneumatikos, it's an, it, it isn't even used until after the day of Pentecost when the spirit that God said he would give came, hasn't left. He hasn't left. And, and he isn't any less powerful than he was in that day. Uh, we, don't, we don't have a, a real access problem. We have a distribution problem. Right? There's no limitation upon us to accessing this spirit. In fact, what did Jesus do? Jesus said, I want you to the disciples in his, one of his last conversations with them. I want you to go into all the world and make disciples and I, I want you to do this in my name. And I am going to be with you every day till the end of the age. But don't go. This is Jesus. Don't go until the Holy Spirit has been released and given to you. 
And you know what they said? They said exactly what we said. You can read this in Acts chapter 1. They said exactly what we say. Is that when you're going to come back and put us all in power and make things good again? Is that when you're going to fix everything down here and show everybody who's boss? That's what they said. And you know what he said? Jesus. He said to them what he's saying to us. That is none of your business. <laughs> he said it nicer than that, but that's what he said. He said, it's not given to you to know that. Quit spending all your energy on trying to figure out Who's the Antichrist? And what day Jesus is coming so he can live like the devil until the day before? Stop. Stop. Jesus, not more, with much more grace than I said it, but what he said was, it's really none of your business. What's your business is to be endued with power and ability, efficiency and might, so that you can go do the job I've given you to do. Amen. Which is to live like me, be conformed to my image, and to help other people come into a, a relationship with me. That's our assignment. Whether it's COVID or Omicron or all the other stuff that they threw at us, much more than that was thrown at the first century church. And so what, what are we to get from this? I truly believe this, that what he wants us to know is this, that this do not ignore the spiritual is these are things that originate. They don't originate with us. It's not, it's not just us becoming better people, which we will, we will become when Jesus grows up in us. But it's not originating with man. It's not originating. This, the, this spirit that God gave us, this, this divine enablement, it's not just making you a little bit better person. It's a divine enablement that comes within you and it comes upon you, and it, it totally increases your ability to live life from the Spirit as your source rather than from everything going well down here so your life can be good. It's a completely different sourced life. And if it was that easy, we would not be ignorant of it. <laughs> we would not be ignoring it. And again, remember the word ignorant doesn't mean that you're stupid. It means that you lack knowledge or you lack the understanding or you have misunderstanding. We have so much misunderstanding about God, who he is, how he functions, how he operates. The truth of the matter is this, that even, even within the church, but certainly without, more of our approach to God is superstition than revelation knowledge. And we don't have to be left in the superstition of God because he's revealed who he is through Jesus. If you want to know who, who God is, go read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and just follow in your imagination what Jesus does. What he says, how he acts, how he interacts with people, that's who God is. And he doesn't need appeasing. That's the way superstition and, and idol worship, the, the, 
God, many gods operate. You're always having to do something to appease them so they don't throw a lightning bolt on you. And many of us were raised with that understanding of God the Father. That is not who God is. And those of you that are still in your teens, I believe you're going to get a revelation of who God is. And when you get it at your age, your life will soar so much higher than you can dream, think, imagine, or dare to even ask. Because God has made a future for you that is so much bigger than you can imagine. But it's probably not going to get you more Instagram or TikTok followers. (laughs) Just to be clear, I don't want to mislead you. Don't worry, by the time you're in your 20s, TikTok will be dead, Instagram will be something else, and you'll have to go on to some other deal. So just stick with God. Just stick with God. One of the meanings of this uh, spiritual, again, this same word, is this is a superior process. It's a superior process to the natural course of things. James said that we should pray one for another, that we could be healed, and that we could be returned to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Church. God needs us to be returned, turn away from this natural tone of mind and heart and turn to, be returned to. And we get there by praying for one another, by healing things that are going on, especially in our thinking, and by supporting one another, we come to a spiritual tone of mind and heart, and it puts us in a place where we're not going to be ignoring and we're not going to be ignorant of what God is doing. We're going to be employed by God with what God is doing. Do you know in the world right now, a lot of people don't want to be employed. I don't know if it's that way here in Colorado, but in New Mexico... We gave them more money to stay home and not work for a long time. And now many, 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 many people do not want to be employed. They just want the card to be reloaded. Let it not be that way in the church. We cannot do that. We cannot say to God, we just want you to rain down miracles and rain down blessing and rain that down and we don't want to be employed in the efforts to go and make disciples and to grow and take on the responsibilities that you've given to us. We don't, we don't want to mature. We don't want to be employed. No, no, no. You do want to be employed. You want to be employed in the work of God in the earth today. You are vital to the work of God. He needs to employ you in his work, in the earth, in this day and time. And you need it. You need it. I don't think, yeah, you need it. You were created for that. You were created to be in the work with the Father. And to have something more at your disposal than just your natural abilities and your great personality and your cute little body. (laughs) You were created for more than that. You were created to be partners in the work of God on the earth. Yeah, you were. So this speaks of people who are spiritually enlightened by the Holy Spirit, enjoying the influences, the graces, and the gifts of the Spirit. There's an influence of the Spirit that comes, He comes within you and He begins to influence you. 
Our world today is full of influencers. And they're, even if you're not on social media, they're still, they're still influencing the things that we hear, the things that we see, and the commerce in our nation. You, you don't, you, you don't want your life to follow the influence of people on a social media platform that nobody really knows what's going on. We know what they want us to know. And they're getting paid to tell you that this is an awesome thing that you need. You could have the influence of the Holy Spirit of God showing you things to come, coming alongside you, aiding you, helping you, revealing, disclosing, transmitting to you, to you, things of the spirit of a higher nature than the natural world, which will make you more successful in the natural world. Amen. It will push you further in the natural world, but not, not if you ignore it. And I just want to tell you this whole thing, the influencer thing, is not new. We think it's new, but it's not new. In Acts 17, 21, Paul, uh, this, Luke wrote this. He said, now all the Athenians, he wrote it about Paul, now, now all the Athenians and the foreigners visiting Athens... They're used to spend their leisure time in nothing other than telling or hearing something new. All their leisure time was spent in first century social media. (laughs) Hearing or telling something new. And Paul said to them, I see that you have a statue to the unknown God and I have come to reveal to you who God is so that you can know him. And you can serve him because it's in him that we live and move and have our being. And so we don't want, if we do really want to live our best life, we do not want to ignore or be ignorant of the spiritual. In other places, when Paul writes to the church, he says that the spirit works through many multifaceted. This is why I think we need to broaden our understanding. The spirit works through many multifaceted expressions. The Holy Spirit has many expressions. Many expressions. Through his operations, through his diversities, distinctions, and administrations. Now, when he uses this word operations, he says the the word operations there, the Greek word means this. It means the activity of God by the Holy Spirit in the believer will produce the result that God wants. So God is made available to us if we will be employed by him and not ignore the spirit, there is an activity of God that goes to work in you to bring about an effect that God wants, which will be so much more impactful and influential than you and I just living from what we can produce, naturally speaking. And when the Holy Spirit is operative like that upon us and within us, he will take what you do naturally and he will increase your skill. He will increase your abilities. He will add to you. The first time we see the Spirit mentioned, uh, one of the first times is in the book of Exodus when it says that the Spirit of God came upon this man to give him understanding of how to work in iron and wood and cloth to make the elements for the tabernacle. 
So you see, whatever your natural employment is, when you are employed by God also, then he comes upon you to increase and give you more insight, understanding, and abilities, and will begin to create new things through you. Because the Holy Spirit was at present at creation hovering over the face of the deep. He absolutely knows how to bring order into your chaos. And he absolutely knows how to create this awesome, magnificent world that we live in. So I figure he could help you know how to make more sales in your job. He can help you know how to train your littles instead of them training you. There is nothing he doesn't know. There is nothing that he doesn't have the capability of. So we don't want to ignore the spiritual. And in these last few minutes, I just want to give you, I want to give you quickly, because if you, if you go back to your New Testament and you read and you begin to read with this, looking for this, what else? What else? Especially did Paul the Apostle write that he did not want us to be ignorant of because he made several statements like this. He wrote it numerous times. He, sometimes it's translated, I, would, I do not want you not to know or not to understand. But other times he just says, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. And the first part of that has to be that we cannot be ignorant of the spiritual world. Uh, we, cannot, we cannot wait until, just until we need a miraculous intervention to, to lift our eyes and become, get an awareness of God. We sang it tonight. God is at work. Yeah. He's at work. Jesus said, I am at work and my Father is at work. We are always working. They're employed. Yep. <laughs> They're always working. So the... the Next thing he said, I'm just going to kind of take this in the order of the book that it was written. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 8, Paul wrote, again, in the first letter to this church at Corinth, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant of, spirit, of the spiritual. And then he comes back with another letter and he says, I don't want you ignorant of our, of our trouble in Asia. Well, that was very interesting to me because we have sort of developed some what... Marshall would call philosophies in our brand of Christianity about trouble. And, and they're just weird deals. They're just weird. Because Jesus himself said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trouble. But we're all annoyed and have shock and awe when we have trouble. God, I, I'm one of yours. I'm special. I, I, no, 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 no. No, this, this happens to them, but not to me. I'm the spoiled brat of the kingdom. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't, this can't be happening to me. I, 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 I gave him the offering. I went to church on Sunday night. This can't be happening to me. But Paul, the apostle, writes to the church, I don't want you to be ignorant of the trouble that we had in Asia. And if you, if you read the word of God, and please do, it's magnificent. And read with your eyes open and let the Holy Spirit, who is the author of that scripture, teach you all parts of it. And there will be parts that you read that you will go, I don't like that. Read it anyway. <laughs> You're going to need it. And when Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant of the trouble that we had, if you read other letters, Paul describes stuff that he went through in his life. He's following God. 
He has more revelation of who God is than probably any other human being other than Jesus that's walked the earth. And thank God he wrote it down so we can have it. But he, he didn't seem to be surprised by trouble or put off by trouble. And he didn't, you notice that his book isn't 14 chapters of the trouble and three little verses of the help. It's the opposite. It's a few verses. Three times was I beaten or shipwrecked. I've been shipwrecked and beaten and stoned and left for dead and made fun of and gone hungry and been naked and in the cold. We're all like, dang, I'm out at, I'm, I'm out at the third thing that happens. I didn't sign up for this. I, I signed up for blessing. Well, you get blessing, but you're still in the world. And even Jesus said, trouble's going to come. Even Jesus said, Matthew chapter 24, there's going to be pandemics, epidemics, earthquakes, famines. We just didn't know it was all coming on the same day. <laughs> right? And he said it's going to increase. It's going to be like birth pangs. It's going to start happening more and more and closer and closer together. So don't get all bent out of shape. Don't lose your faith. Don't run off from God. Don't think you got sold something that didn't turn out to be true. No, Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant of the trouble that we experienced in Asia, but I do want you to know this, that you and your prayers were a part of the rescue operation that got us out of the trouble. Amen. Yeah, we had trouble, but, but we stayed with God. We didn't jump away from God. We didn't abandon God, and God didn't abandon us. And then you, church, you started to pray for us, and you and your prayers became a part of the rescue operation. So what's he saying? I don't want you to be ignorant of trouble when trouble comes don't think that you didn't have enough faith or that God lied or that God's not good. Jesus warned us about all of this because we, he knew it would be coming. Right. We didn't know it would be coming. Those are the scriptures that we go, mm, no, mm -mm. I'm not having that. <laughs> but you're in the world. You're in the world, and Pastor Marshall taught us this morning that it's not what's coming at us that's giving shape to our life. It's what we do with what's coming at us. Amen. So when trouble comes, don't think that God's abandoned you. Don't think that you're not spiritual. Don't think that, that the, the, uh, the promises of God are not true. Stay in the boat. Stay in the ship and get some people to get in prayer with you. So you can come through the trouble. Amen. Because the trouble doesn't last forever. You and your prayers are part of the rescue operation. And even when they were in trouble, they kept to the mission of God. Yeah. Another thing that Paul said is, I don't want you to be ignorant of Satan's devices. But I, I think he would also say to us, but I don't want you focused on the devil. Right. Focus on God. Amen. Amen. Okay, Satan has devices, you know that. He has strategies, he has weapons, he has all this stuff. But greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Satan has intentions. His intention is to claim you back. In Luke 22, Jesus said to Peter when he was on his way to the cross and he knew that Peter was going to deny him, he said to Peter, Peter, listen, Satan has desired to claim you back as his own and he has desired to take all of you and sift you as wheat. The word sift there means by inward agitation. Yeah. Anybody have any of that? Yeah. By inward agitation, Satan's intention is to push you and push you and push you and push you till you jump over. He can't push you over, but he can push on you hard. He can push at you hard. Life can come at you hard, and he will push and push and push and push until you say, I quit. And Jesus said, I don't want you to quit. I want you to pray and never quit and never give up. And then the last thing I want to mention to you is this. It's in 1 Thessalonians. And I think this is important because of where we are. 
in the world today. He wrote, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning them that are asleep or those that have died, that you may not grieve for them as the rest do who have no hope beyond the grave. He said, I, I, don't, I don't want you to be ignorant about death. And, and we kind of are. We're kind of superstitious. And, and when, when someone dies, we, we want to help, but we don't know what to say. And sometimes we say silly things, like God needed an angel. God has all the angels he needs. He's not taking humans and turning them into angels. And I know we say that because we're trying to give comfort to someone. But listen, we, when, if you're going to be comforted, you need the truth. And the truth is that death was never a part of God's plan. It never was. Death came through Adam. And when Adam and Eve fell, death came and death reigned. And God sent Jesus to get us out of that death-ruled world. But we still live in mortal bodies. I was reading this in the New Amplified Version in John chapter 11 this month, and, it, and this just jumped out me, at me. John 11:33 says, this is when Jesus went back. Remember, Lazarus had died, and Jesus knew that he had died by the Spirit. He knew that he had died. He was in another town. He knew he was sick, and he knew that he had died, and he said to the disciples, we're going to go back now, and and I'm going to raise Lazarus. And Thomas, I love Thomas. Don't you just love Thomas? He's like this most sarcastic. He, he has like a dark sense of humor about him. And he goes, well, we should go with him so we can die too. Right? You have friends like that? They're really funny, but they're really sarcastic. They're not going to help you build your faith. There's a reason we say Thomas the doubter. You don't want that to be your nickname. But Thomas made it, and Thomas went on to do great things. But in this verse, John eleven thirty three, it says, When Jesus saw Mary, the sister of Lazarus, sobbing, and the Jews who had come with her also sobbing, he was deeply moved in spirit, Jesus, to the point of anger at the sorrow caused by death. Jesus saw people grieving, sobbing, and was moved with anger, with a sorrow that was caused by death. Family, so many people have passed in the last two years. The Wall Street Journal says just under one million people more than would normally die in a year. One million more deaths than in a normal year have occurred in our nation. The estimate is this. They've died from a number of things. Some of them have died from COVID. Some of them have died with COVID. Some of them have died from heart failure. Some of them have died by suicide because their hearts failed them for fear and loneliness. Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant about death. God hates death. God's not the author of death. The scripture is very clear. But it's Satan that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when he takes a life, it's his intention to destroy or steal the life of those that loved the one that went. He doesn't want just the one. He wants to take as many with him, stealing their hope that life can be good again when someone they love so dearly is not here anymore. Many of us have experienced that personally ourselves, and we know that grief. But that same article says this, that of those almost one million more people that have died, every death directly affects 
immediately affects five to six other people. What that translates for us is that in our nation, we have between five and six million grieving, sorrowful people who are finding it so difficult to hope that they can have a good future. And you are not ignorant of death. And you are not ignorant of life. Because Jesus came to give us life. Church, those five million people are a harvest field. They need hope. They need mega compassion. They need to know that God did not take the person they loved, but that God is so angry over the sorrow they feel that he sent one called the Comforter to bring not just a natural comfort, a supernatural comfort that can lift them up from a place of grief that Satan hoped would take them out to. And instead, they can find life and hope, peace, and even joy for the future that God has. Would you stand with me on your feet, please, and we'll pray over this word. Father God, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you loved humanity so much that you went to such extreme depths to save us, to deliver us, and to bring us back into right relationship with you. And God, I'm praying for all of us, myself and all of these, my brothers and sisters, that from the moment we walk out of here, that we will not ignore, we will not ignore the spirit of the living God. And that we will become better acquainted with him, that we will walk in step with him, that we will be able to follow his lead and he will teach us, he will remind us, he will train us, and he will show us things to come. He is our ever-present help and we will not leave that help on the table. We make full use of it. God, help us as we walk this out. I pray blessing and peace I honor the people of this church. I honor Mark and Tasha. God, I thank you that you're increasing exactly what you showed Pastor Marshall. That is increasing, increasing, increasing. And there is more, more, more for us to walk out. Thank you, God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Praise the Lord. You can be seated for just a moment. Hallelujah. If you ever wanted, and I don't, I, I say this with great honor and uplifted. If you ever wanted a more practical 